Hi everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Entrepreneur's Survival Guide. I can't believe we're here at episode 5 already. So, today I thought I'd tell you the story about how once upon a time a customer made me cry and on reflection how grateful I am for that moment and what it taught me. We'll come on into a second of how she actually made me cry um, in a minute. Let's have a think about why I'm so grateful. So as I reflect back, I'm grateful um, about the actual situation that happened and the outcome from that situation because although I didn't realise it at the time, it taught me all about a thing called buyer personas or client profiles or buyer personality, whatever terminology you may or may not have come across in the past. In effect, it is simply a marketing language or sales language or jargon um, way of saying horses for courses. Different people like different things. And um, once we're aware of this, we can do a lot of stuff in marketing and sales to increase our marketing effectiveness and to increase our sales effectiveness. Now, I'm not broadcasting this episode on the grounds of I think I'm perfect at it. I don't think anybody is perfect at it, um, but I'm always looking to improve on it and do better at it. And we always do it at the beginning of any client project. So this lady that made me cry, which I smile about now and laugh about now, but at the time it, it was devastating really, to be honest, if I think about it. Um, I was working back at Jacob's Photographic, a shop that, um, like a lot of shops nowadays, is no longer on the high street, right? Um, it was originally started off as a pharmaceutical shop and expanded into selling cameras and camcorders and that kind of stuff. And I'd got a job at Jacob's when I was about 16. Well, I was 16. It was my first ever uh, full-time job and I'd got it just after I'd left school. Um, I was so pleased with it. Much to my mum's annoyance, she wasn't pleased with it in any shape or form. Um, she wanted me to go to college and get further education. Not something after my experience at high school that I particularly wanted to um, go on and do myself. So I decided to get a job, get some cash, um, and start saving and also start spending. I started spending on some amazing stuff, uh, some brilliant camera equipment, some fantastic surround sound speakers at the time. Anyway, I digress. So I was working at Jacob's Photographic. It was a shop, it was just on the side, uh, outside of Derby city centre really, in what is a place now, Wilco's on London Road. And it was a reasonably sized shop. And there was a, a door at the front. It was a glass, whole glass front panel um, display at the front. Where you had all the you had second-hand cameras on one side, then brand new cameras on another side, and you had um, camcorders on the far right-hand side. As you entered into the shop, there was a long uh, walkway down with um, film developing chemicals on one side and paper for film uh, photo developing. Something that to some people now <laughs> seem rather alien in a digital age. But in the centre of the in the in the actual shop, there was a, a, a column again with loads of merchandise on it, things like uh, camera bags and uh, tripods was there as well. And then around the outside, in like an L shape, there was a glass counter again with certain products in it. And at one end of the shop, at the far end of the shop, as you walked in through the door, it's straight ahead of you. There was uh, a counter where you'd go and you would drop off your film for developing 35 millimeter uh, film. And people would come to Jacobs. It's, it's unique selling point was that it did next day um, photo development and prints 
for just £1.99 for 6x4 inch. Um, very next day, it was the cheapest, it was good quality, and people loved it without a doubt. We had queues all the way up to the door at lunch times and things like that. Um, on the other side was the hardware counter where you'd sell camcorders, cameras, SLRs, lenses, the whole lot was there. Um, when you first started at Jacobs, you would start on the film development counter and if you showed the knowledge, the skill and the development and such like, then you could start to go and serve customers on the other side as well. And I'd probably been there now for about a year. Uh, I was particularly loving serving customers. It gave me a real great sense of reward and purpose. And um, I got to know some of the customers, um, their names, and we'd have great conversations. And it was fantastic. It was, it was real hearty customer service, and I loved every minute of it. And I was starting to serve people over on the camcorder, the hardware side, selling cameras, particularly compact cameras, telephoto cameras, lenses, um, single lens reflexes, SLR cameras. And um, one of the things that I hadn't sold at that point was camcorders. They were a different kettle of fish. I knew an awful lot about actual uh, cameras and I didn't know an awful lot about camcorders, but I was starting to sell it, them. And they were really high ticket, expensive items at the time. You didn't sell many of them, but when you did, it was great. And one day I remember there was um, there was myself, Jamie, I think, Stuart and Martin. We were all stood at the top, um, just stood in front of where all the prints were actually uh, stacked up, hundreds of packets of prints of uh, film that had been developed and, and printed. And it was a reasonably quiet day, not many customers coming. I think it was a Saturday, but I can't be certain that it was a while ago. It was about 1997, I'm going back, which is more years than I'd care to remember, if I'm honest. <laughs> Time flies. And there was a couple that came in. And this, this couple walked in. They didn't walk into the top end of the store. They walked in at the bottom end and approached the counter. And they stood there and looked up at us at the top and waited kind of anticipating who would come down and serve them. Now, we generally took it in turns to go and do hardware sales to help each of us hit our sales targets and increase our bonus in a fair way. It wasn't a massive bonus by any means. I think it was a quarter of a percent bonus that we used to get. <laughs> um, so it was a tiny really, to be honest, but it was a bonus nevertheless, and we, we played fair as much as possible. <laughs> and um, so it was my turn. To go and to go and serve this couple. I can remember that it looked reasonably posh. Um, if whatever posh means, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like a, a couple that um, was in the market for buying. We had time wasters. You could always tell a time waster a mile off, but this didn't look like a time waster. It looked like a very serious couple that wanted to buy a um, camcorder. So I walked up to these guys and. Um, over the time, while I was doing hardware sales and, and while I was doing new to customer service, I started to develop a persona that on the outside I was, I was really bubbly, potentially some people might even see me as extroverted. Um, but ultimately I was, I'm quite introverted and really that was just an outside shell. And on the inside I was nervous and anxious and always rather concerned about what people thought about me. and that. That was a weakness and a massive strength at the time. I don't know whether you can relate to this. Um, that that concern about what other people think about me caused me to put this, um, for want of a better way of putting it, an act on. But that act 
enabled me to provide great customer service. And over the time, that act became, rather than fake it till you make it, it became part of who I was and I was very natural at doing great customer service and I enjoyed it and the internal anxiety started to dissolve and disappear as I did more and more sales, okay? I approached this couple and um, I asked, how can I help? Normal standard question. Um, probably not the best because um, it's semi-closed, I guess. I could have asked um, something like what, but anyway, I'll move on, forget that. We'll come on to questions in another podcast, right? Now, this woman didn't reply with, yeah, sure, you can help me, I'm looking for, or hi, nice, yeah, hi, I'm looking for a camcorder, or hi, or anything like that. She looked me up and down with eyes so piercing, with distaste, with disgust, with such vehement judgment, um, I immediately was on the back foot. She burst my confidence bubble. And I can remember my self-esteem just draining away like water down a plug hole. It went so rapidly. And while I was 17, I, I felt like an adult. I, you know, there was still very much a young kid who was insecure, finding his way in the world. Um, and this woman managed to take me back to being to that anxious, insecure, concerned about what people thought about me in an instant. She then started to talk. Now, you'll understand I'm paraphrasing here. I cannot remember that far back, right? But I remember this, what she kind of said. In essence, she said, no, you can't help me. I was like, oh, um, I'm sure I can. I'm, 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 I'm experienced and I know about camcorders and I know what I'm, um, how I can help you. What was it you was looking for? Words to that effect. And no, you can't help me. Man, it was one of those tones that just sends shivers down your spine, right? The, the headmistress belittling you, talking down to you. It's like being back at school and being picked on or being thrown out of the in crowd. Um, everything in the world just kind of... It was one of those times where it, it lasted probably for fractions of a second, but felt like life in slow motion and lasting forever. So I tried to convince this lady that I actually could help her for a bit, whilst feeling that my face go bright red, a mixture, a blend of emotions bubbling away inside me. I felt I was in the wrong. I felt that it was my fault that um, she was acting this way towards me at the time. And I could feel the hurt and the pain bubbling away and, and going up and I, that, you know, when your eyes start to tear up and glare up and I, I can remember that happening, but I knew I just couldn't cry in front of a customer. Man. You can't cry in front of a customer, can you really? Um, eventually I gave in and she said, and she said, get me somebody that can help. Get me somebody that knows what they're talking about. And, I knew what I was talking about and you couldn't have, if there was a sentence that pierced through me more than it, that you could, you could say to me that would hurt more than anything is get me somebody that knows what they're talking about. Whilst I'm not normally the best at demonstrating I know it, I know it. And I'm getting better at saying that I know things, even in this day and age. Um, so I turned 
And as I looked up to the top of the shop, there were my teammates staring down. And you could see they'd kind of gone from this relaxed state of talking amongst themselves about whatever it might be. It wouldn't have been Netflix then. Um, maybe they were all actually watching the same TV channel for a change. There were only five about. Um, they were looking down and you could see that kind of look as in the nosy neighbour kind of twitch. What's happening outside? What's going on? What's happening? What's he done? What's, what's that said? Has he upset a customer? Anyway, I started walking up. As I started walking up, I could feel the tears starting to roll down. But I was holding them back because my teammates were up in front of me and you couldn't, you can't lose face in front of your teammates. And I kind of walked straight past them and I walked through this little doorway that took you into a staff room at the back. And I can remember being so angry, so angry, so upset. And the manager, Martin, uh, followed through and, and asked me what was up. Now, I've been really blessed talking certainly from talking to other people i've been blessed with the, with the managers that i've had the luck to work under and work with um martin was the first ever manager and he, he was a true inspiration great guy um taught me an awful lot and he calmed me down a bit you know explained that it probably wasn't me it was her not probably but it wasn't me it was her um and that he would go and serve her and, and then we'd sort you know and have a chat later so he went out and he, he left me to calm down and chill out and reflect. And I reflected quite quickly. And I wasn't consciously aware of my learnings at that time. I wasn't able to articulate to other people what I was learning. But I, I'd learned something very profound. That different people like different people. And we judge people on appearances and we decide whether we connect with that person based on a lot of various things we haven't got time to go in here but you know it when you walk up to somebody you know almost instantly whether you're going to get on with them whether you like them and um, whether they're going to like you now that's vital because you can adapt in a in a face-to-face -face customer service situation you can adapt you can quickly know the type of person that you, you're talking to and you can change your language, your body language, you can change your tonality, you can, you can change how you approach the person because they're there in front of you and you're getting instant feedback, right? And I learned that lesson and from then onwards I started to adapt and change how I approach different people in different ways to increase my chances of selling and to increase my chances of being liked because we all like to be liked, yeah? Um, so that was vital. It wasn't just about sales, it was about being liked for me at that time. And I took that forward into my leadership and management style. And as I was trained on personality types and learned more about personalities, I was able to articulate more and more what was actually, what had happened at that moment in time. So why is that important to online marketing um, situations? Why is that important to your next marketing campaign? Well, I mentioned that you... You can you can know it by a persona when it's there in front of you. And you can adapt when it's there in front of you. You can't do that before you launch a marketing campaign, right? And that's why whenever um, we launch a marketing campaign for a client, we go through a client profile creator. It's the same by a persona, client profile. It's the same thing, just slightly different terminology. It's about understanding the demographics, the psychographics, the the the. Uh, attributes the values that these people possess so for example that lady back in the shop she was probably a traditionalist um, from the traditionalist generation so we could have grouped her by age not as in how old she was but what generation she came from 
she probably came from a traditionalist generation or the forgotten generation where age is important to them age is a sign of authority age matters to them and if you know if you don't look old then that means in their value system that means you probably don't have the knowledge now something that i forgot to mention in the beginning but i looked really young i mean at the age of 25 i still had to take a passport to get a blooming lottery ticket for goodness sake so at 17 i just looked such a kid it was crazy um and i had mousy uh mousy brown blonde hair um i can't remember, uh but center parting with curtains coming down the front so i had a childish look screaming at her she didn't deliberately come in to be mean to me but she was almost potentially offended that we'd sent the youngest person to serve her had we known about buyer personas back at jacobs we would have probably sent the more mature person to serve her not because um ageist or anything like that and some of you will be struggling to go well you should just send whoever and their skills should be the judgment people aren't like that as we've mentioned if we'd sent the right person straight away it increases our chance of a quicker sale and increases our chance of the sale if it was a bilineal that came in they're skeptical of authority right so i'd probably done better with them and we could have adapted the salesperson to the customer that come in if we truly understood buyer personas and if you truly understand buyer personas the the power that it can give you in your marketing your sales can be fantastic so this is why i want you to have a think about your buyers and how can you group your buyers when we go when we take on a client we always group look at the primary groups of buyers and we then look at what are their values what are their attributes what are their demographics if it's a new business we go for a best guess kind of scenario and we look at their competitors and look at the data for them if it's an existing business we look at the google analytics it tells us age we look at the facebook analytics we look at the data that's being brought in from all the different kind of social media channels we almost we do um, customer surveys as well and ask customers what they value and what they want and then we can position the marketing and the sales message to resonate with those people right i'm so passionate so many people forget to do buyer personas in a marketing campaign you need to do this for stuff right it will help you do your marketing campaign it will help you have a successful marketing campaign if you're not doing it you're appealing to one or two buyer personas the buyer personas are identical to you or you're trying to appeal to everybody and you know what they say you can please some of the people some of the time but you can't please all of the people all of the time so think about buyer personas what are your primary buyer personas you might have two to three groups don't go any more than that maybe by age maybe by generation maybe by um, their role in a company maybe by their um, length of customer service customer buying from you there's lots of different things um, but to help you with that i've created a free guide and workbook step-by-step -step workbook um, i'll leave a link wherever you're watching this you'll be able to easily find a link for you to get my free guide about client profile creator um, it's on the top of all my social media profiles at the moment because i really want people to get this it's a it's a it's the secret step that a lot of us miss i still forget to do it on some of my own marketing campaigns sometimes but with clients i'm always best practice with clients more than i am for myself weird that strangely um and my coach talks to me about that all the time but yes so the 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 moral of the story was that um different strokes for different folks as another manager once taught me we can group customers by personality types we can group people by their general age we can group people by their attributes by their values 
and then we can position our message to them. Please follow the link, download the guide, see what impact it has on your next marketing campaign. Let me know, give me a shout out and um, tell me how you get on using it. If you've got any questions about how to use it, then also drop me a line, drop me a message. Okay, thank you very much for watching. I look forward to seeing you all on episode six. Take care, goodbye.